Welcome, Samurai, to episode 47 of Press YYZ, your favorite Canadian gaming podcast. You can watch the show live every Wednesday at twitch.tv slash pressyyz at 8 p.m. Eastern, or listen to it whenever you like on podcast services like iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as our very own YouTube channel. We appreciate however you choose to support the show, including on Twitch with a free sub that comes with your Amazon Prime if you'd like. But if you've got no loonies or toonies to spare, it's all good. We'll be here no matter what. This episode, we're going to talk all about cyberpunk, duh, the Game Awards, and, you know, other random things we've been up to. I'll be your host for today, Mr. Mitch George, joined, as always, by the phenomenal Nathan McInerney. Hello. The all-digital Jordy LaForge. Hi. A.K.A. A.J. Fraser. And, as always, I'm... On the ones and twos, Mr. Alexander Cozy Cozina. I was born in the cyberpunk. You guys only adopted it. <laughs> guys, this week Ye- has been something. I am... Ugh. Yeehaw. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, that's that's enough of this video entitled Epileptic Seizure Warning. Use your computer to, to monitor to rave lights. I, I've had enough of that. Hi. 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 I don't have a segue. Cozy, talk to us about core. Yeah, sure. Why not? So, <laughs> as we all know, uh, a little game by the name of Cyberpunk 2077 uh, came out a little while ago, and it's been the top top of the, the... I mean, it hasn't really been the top of the town, but it has been the talk of the town for various reasons, both good and bad. Uh, all the while you guys have been enjoying or not enjoying Cyberpunk 2077, however, I have been busy working on my video game, Equilibrium, and finally, this past weekend, after an intense amount of work, and thankfully not too much crush- crunching, thanks to a bit of good planning on my part, I was able to complete it. Um, you can see right now on screen, I'm showing off a bit of gameplay video of it. Um, as I previously talked about, it is a survival game created using the core survival game framework for a game jam that they basically uh, set up to kind of promote people to kind of make use of the framework and kind of let their freak flag run wild in terms of how they want to use it. Um, you are exploring a entirely cybernetic digital kind of Tron inspired environment. You are collecting zeros and ones in order to craft all sorts of new weapons that allow you to bash digital baddies. And you are also running between zones that are overclocked and underclocked in order to maintain your CPU temperature gauge, as you can see in the lower left side of the screen, so that you don't overheat or underheat. I implore everybody who has Core downloaded to go and check it out. Uh, and if you do not have Core downloaded, I you can go and check out this gameplay video on my personal YouTube channel to kind of get a sense of what it is I recently made. Um, I'm pretty proud of this project. I think that it came out way better than I was expecting to. And it it's one of those things where like, I was chipping away at this project throughout the entirety of the past month, but it was really only in the 11th hour that I feel like it really came together and kind of came into its own as this uh, IMO really solid product. Like a lot of the kind of like visual design of the world that you're exploring right here, that was very much an 11th hour. Like, all right, I got to really populate this world and really make it sell this idea that you're in a datascape. Um, But uh, anyways, regardless, I think that it's not my favorite game that I've made in core. I think that uh, the Bread Rises, which is a game that I made before this one, and 
um, the game before that, Into the Mist, were a little bit better as just sort of like self-contained experiences that had a definitive beginning, middle, and end, and very clearly communicated the entire time what you were supposed to do. This game is a little bit more of a open-ended sandbox for you to kind of like experiment with and kind of try out its various systems and mechanics. And that is partially due to time constraints. I didn't have a lot of, I originally, when I scoped this game out, had this idea that like you would be finding caches that would tell this story that would be told through these emails. And I basically had to kind of nix that because I decided that that's just going to take too much time to do. Uh, but also like it is one of those things where like I didn't want from the beginning of this project to be a linear experience either. So through various factors, my project turned out the way it is. And I think that what it is, is very solid, but I, I implore people who uh, check this game out on core to also check out all of the prior experiences that I previously worked on. Cause I think that as good as this experience is, I think that there are even better experiences in the two games I made before this one. Um, but I'm still very proud of this one. Very, very cool. Sweet. I just want to backtrack a bit and apologize for the way that that opened. Uh, I looked at my screen and I just nothing hit because this week has been a nightmare for me um, and for my wife. Um, you'll remember a few months ago, uh, I did this little thing called getting married. Ooh. And we came home. What? At, yeah, I know, right? Crazy in this year. Um, we came home afterwards, like the day afterwards, we got a hotel that night and then we came home the day after to, uh, flooding from our laundry that had gotten into the bedroom under the laminate flooring and everything was warped to crap. So for the last three months, I've been dealing with insurance and with the building to first get the laundry repaired and then come in and do the floors this week. They were able to come in and do the floors, but that meant everything from my bedroom the bed the dressers the acoustic bass guitar the floor mirror all the clothes from the closet it all had to go somewhere else and for most of that that was in my living room i slept in my living room for the last three days on my on my bed which should not be in the living room um have gotten little to no sleep all three nights and i cannot wait tonight to go to a bed that is in a room that does not have a tv 13 inches from my face. <laughs> it's just, it's been a whole thing. Cause like, did, did you consider not letting that happen before it happened? It's hard not to let something happen when you can't anticipate it happening. And it just kind of happens. Well, you know what I mean? Now, you know, now, you know, now you know, happening. you know, now, you no, know, cause Oh my God. Dealing with it. Like they're like, Oh, we, I knew exactly what flooring was in. They're like, Oh, we don't install that. So we have to do something different. And they got something different and it looks close, but it's not the same. And I can tell, and it gets in my head where it's like, Oh, why is one room look different than the other? But at this point I just need to sleep, man. It's been, it's been a week for sure. Um, yeah. Nathan, what have you been up to this week? Um, so this week, uh, mostly I've been trying, I know everybody's been in another universe, but I've uh, revisited an old favorite of mine. Sam and Max saved the world as it's recently oh. come to Nintendo Switch. Um, it was originally released back in 2006, and it was Telltale's first game that put them uh, on the map with uh, doing old point-and-click adventure games. Um, and it's been lovingly recreated by the team at Skunk Ape, 
um, who I believe are also, they hold the Sam and Max IP now. So they'll be remastering the other two uh, games that um, Telltale did, as well as I believe they're working on a VR game. So, but they gave it a shiny coat of paint. It looks like a current game. Um, the controls on Switch are really good, uh, especially for a point and click. It's really easy and uh, fun to use. And it's just, I laugh so much while I play it. It's so funny. This was based off of a comic book series, correct? Yes. Um, it was also, back when I was a kid, a cartoon. They had it on Fox uh, way back I didn't know day. it was a cartoon. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, if you dig it up, you can actually find that. Um, but, I, yeah. I remember when the original of this game came out, uh, specifically. Like, it's like the first real... It's like... It's kind of what put Telltale on the map, to an extent. You, you know what's funny? A lot of people don't know this. This was actually a point-and-click game uh, with LucasArts many years ago. I was going to say, oh, yeah, the, I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia page now, and the original comic artist actually joined LucasArts and there started working as a game designer and was able to get to Sam and Max. Yeah, uh, huh. Steve Purcell. Uh, Steve Purcell, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, it's Sam and Max has been such... Like, Sam's always plays a straight guy, and Max is this psychotic rabbit. Um, and the humor is just out of the world. Um, as far as adventure games go, like this was also the first big ep episodic game. Nobody had done episodic games before this. Right. Um, so, because hmm. uh, it's broken into six episodes. Obviously, all six episodes are given at once here. Um, but it's just, it's really interesting to go back and realize that these games have aged super, super well. And the fact that a few control scheme um, fix-ups on it have made it play really well my son's been playing it as well and he's gotten through it um and i know some people struggle with adventure games um because some of the solutions seem obtuse but he's managed to get his way through it so i'm actually kind of impressed with him wow hmm. so uh, yeah so just read, read, yeah i mean just hmm. reading through a bit of the history of the franchise like like nathan said it started at LucasArts, was yeah. 2d up all up until that point and then they transitioned into 3D in 2006, which is actually when Telltale took over yeah, uh, that's the license from of. LucasArts yeah. and uh, it started being developed there. So, hmm. yeah. So this I is also didn't know that Telltale was started by former LucasArts employees. Yeah. Well, they wanted to bring back the old school adventure games like the Monkey Islands and the point. I love point and click adventure games. It's just something. Oh, we know. we know. Uh, so this is just like a nice, big, warm, wet hug. Um, no. So playing it. Um, <laughs> so that's what I've been doing this week. Uh, getting through all the episodes of that because it's a pretty girthy game. Um, but if you're looking for some fun, this is on PC and Switch. I wish it was on other systems. More people should play it. We know you want your platinum trophies. Speaking of platinum trophies, you know what has a platinum trophy and is probably the only thing we're going to talk about for the next hour? Cyberpunk 2077 is here, everybody. We've been playing uh, it. AJ's been playing it. I've been sure playing is. it. We have words. Yes. There are words on the internet about this game. AJ, yep. tell me about your time in Night City. Um, okay, so last week on the show, I was playing it uh, live. And on the show and being distracted on, and making it really difficult for me to get being, your attention. Yeah, I was being incredibly rude. Um, and, you know, I was playing it on Stadia at the time. Uh, and uh, after the show, uh, I uh, just decided to boot up my PC copy. And the little bit better that it looks was enough to keep me there um i have a uh, so i have i've got a 2070 super um and a ryzen 7 3700x processor um and 
uh, I have two 1080p monitors. So on my one 1080 monitor, um, you know, I'm able to run it at ray tracing ultra, if you will. Uh, and to me, it lo it looks fine. It looks it looks great uh, on there. Um, it would be, I think it would be nicer in say uh, the the photo mode or whatnot uh, to have a higher resolution. Um, but other than that, I, I that really only that really only matters when it comes to where you're trying to share the photos, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like if I'm wanting if I. So with, with Photoshop, I, uh, something that I, <laughs> I've been doing is taking, like going into photo mode and then just sort of panning the camera around and using Photoshop to stitch these pictures together to create a nice dual monitor um, screenshot. So uh, like a, for a wallpaper and stuff, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But I think, uh, I think for that purpose, it, it would suit me better to be at a higher resolution, but that is not something I am capable of doing at this time, but um yeah uh so i guess i guess overall thoughts of uh cyberpunk um mitch you haven't played too much of it no um, not nearly as much you, as you what do you think so far and is your uh opinion of it potentially colored by the discourse around it i haven't really experienced i mean again i'm probably only about five hours in at this point yeah. i've gotten to a mm -hmm. point in the game where I wasn't really invested in the characters and the story. And then I got to a point where sort of a switch flipped and we can talk about it offline. Cause I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that point I'm like, okay, I need to play more of this game. Like I got to that point, I was playing last night. It was like 10 30 and I was feeling like I need to go to bed. And I stayed up playing until like one. -ish. Wow. So I can I, I couldn't put it down last night and we'll probably get back to it a bit tonight after the podcast, except I still have a bedroom to put back together. So maybe after that. Um, You're still yeah, no, playing I'm, it on uh, Stadia, by the way? I am playing it on Stadia. My Stadia Premiere Edition arrived today, just before the show. So I did get a chance to get... Pairing that controller with my Wi-Fi was an, a Herculean effort. It could be because you're on... Uh, you use an iPhone. Um, it my could experience be. With an an my experience with the Android devices is it just sort of works. So... But, I, I was able to get it working, but I had to enable the guest network on my Wi-Fi, connect to that using a different Wi-Fi pr security protocol, update the controller, unpair the controller, and then connect it to my actual Wi-Fi, and then it worked after I had installed the update. So I actually think the controller might have been out of date, or Maybe. it could be the protocol we're using on our network, but I didn't want to... This was near the end of the workday, and Carmen yeah. was still working at the computer, so I didn't want to change the security protocol on the Wi-Fi and it would boot her yeah, out. And then I'd hear a scream from the other room. Like, why is my internet not working? That's so I might tinker with that uh, after this. We'll see. Yeah. But um, no, I was able to get it all set up eventually. Got the That's Chromecast good. chroming. It's fine. I am now interested to see, because like I've got a 1080, or not, I've got a 4K HDR television. I may invest in at least another month of Stadia Pro just to see what that looks like at 4K. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't think the issue was the iPhone. I think it was actually in the controller, but we were able to get it all sorted. It? So it's not yeah, but, the end of the world. It was just, a, it was more barrier, more of a barrier to entry to getting that set up than I would have liked. But then again, the, the Chromecast and Stadia pr controller were kind of a throw in with buying Cyberpunk. So yeah. I'm not going to complain. Uh, and I'm, it, I'm enjoying it. I haven't noticed a lot of the, like there's issues I've noticed 
but it's not to the same extent as people are seeing them on uh, previous gen consoles or even mm-hmm. on the the new Series X and, and PS5, just because they're still running those older versions or those they're running those games in backwards compatibility mode. Yeah. Um, I've had like one or two graphical glitches. I've had a couple of weird bugs where like my gun wouldn't stop firing and then my oh. gun would not hmm. reload. It was stuck in like some weird infinite loop and I'd had to re- reload the save. Sometimes so. sometimes I'll 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 be like I'll go into a menu and come out of the menu and and my uh character is zoomed all the way in like that yeah. my like like when you pull the the left trigger and it you zoom in a little bit it's yeah. it's like that aim down you, sights, you end basically. up walk aim down sights you end up walking slower it's just like that for some reason and you just have to tap it and get out of it Thankfully, I haven't had too many game-breaking glitches. I had I had the really good glitch where um, your ding dong falls out of your pants and you're in the you menu. did you did send us all a screenshot of that that I immediately said why did you not mark that not safe for work? I because it was in a Discord that, that people Discord. look at it at work. Hey, you know what? Shit happens at work sometimes. Let's, yeah, let's but ding dong shouldn't happen at work. Can we show that on Listen, Twitch? Listen, ding. No, this no. particular you can in well, the context of the game. So there's been some weird issues around cyberpunk and streaming it. Of yeah, you shouldn't linger on something longer than it would normally be what you linger, how you linger on it in the game. It's like, you can't like just load up the character creator and leave it on a, on, on a pair of boobs for like 15 minutes. Cause it would not be realistic in terms of the gameplay to just stare at those boobs for 15 minutes. Well, not, well, I mean, maybe not for you, but for me, absolutely. The majority of people. Going, going. My wife uh, just turned around through, and be like, "Why have you said boobs six times in the last minute?" <laughs> scrolling the through right the, now. scrolling through the ding dong options, making it grow and shrink over and over again was a good time. Um, yeah, see, I didn't yeah. go ding dong. I, I I went with a lady, lady you went v. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been having a, I've been having a blast. I think the the game is pretty well acted. Um, mm-hmm. We all know that Johnny Silverhand is a pretty core component to the game, and yeah. I think what I've experienced of that character so far is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know a lot about the story, and I'm not going to get into it here to avoid spoilers, but now that I have a better sense of where the story's going, I'm pretty invested yeah. in it. Yeah, um, you have the context of, uh, the, like in all the trailers and stuff, you have the context that, hey, uh, you are the only one seeing Johnny. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a manifestation. The, the explanation that... Yeah, the explanation and everything as to why is super cool. I think. Um, I think my I, overall thoughts. I agree. Thoughts, well, let's 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 yeah. Be, we're let's okay. try we're gonna here. Gonna here. No, Hell we're gonna we're gonna no. do our best not to. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're, no, I'm I'm really liking everything that I've played. I'm going to continue to play, yeah. even though we have a number of friends who know that as soon as something like Temtem goes on sale on the PS5, that I'm just going to abandon this and go back to my PS5. Um, <laughs> yeah. I do have a few games I also have to review over the next couple of weeks, so I need to start finishing off some of that. So that takes away some time. That's yeah. why I've only put uh, the handful of hours in that I have to Cyberpunk. But mm-hmm. I've got some I've got some time off coming up from work. Um, so yeah. probably putting think... some more time over the holidays. Before we get talking about some of the news surrounding this game, uh, the way that it's sort of like impacted and caused pop yeah. culture to go in a bit of a tizzy, uh, what is one thing uh, with each of you that you were really kind of pleasantly surprised by with Cyberpunk 2077? Like something you were not expecting to blow you away and has blown you away? And what's something that you were expecting to blow you away, but you kind of came away disappointed by? I'll, I'll go ahead. 
Um, I think for me personally, um, I think the thing I'm most pleasantly surprised by is the fact that, and it might just be a personal thing, the, the story is pulling me through um, in such a way. I put about 30 hours into it so far so i you know i've got a pretty good chunk i'm i don't think i'm anywhere near finished but um you know i i'm doing a lot of these side quests and 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 everything um on the other hand i think the dis the biggest disappointment that i found is that it it you know it could have been so much more but you know a, a, Greg Miller uh, on Kind of Funny uh, Gamescast uh, this week said, I think said it best, it's very much like a Fallout. And I think the disappointment is that it is, it's like they, because they first announced the game in 2012, I think, right? Mm -hmm. That they were working on it. Um, yeah. And that that is like the perfect time to be inspired by, oh, hey, what if we did Skyrim, but in like the future or like modern time future like new, something like that right oh what about si it, it just well, I mean, feels this like this is also based off an existing ip which does help from a yeah storytelling perspective it, right? from a storytelling perspective it was a great it's a great setting and everything for that um but i think the fact that it's a video game ass video game when it could have been a little bit more than that i think and you know i the the fact that it is open world uh like that like those games um i think definitely there was potential there but it definitely held itself back it's a victim of its own ambition for sure hmm. yeah i think that that's going to be something that comes up throughout these stories we're going to talk about in terms of the discourse around the launch of the title is that they it, it does seem like to an extent cdpr has bit off more than they can chew with this one They've mm -hmm. let scope creep in a bit where there's so much to this game in terms of like the volume of content here is kind of outstanding. The attention to detail, the number of dildos is a little off-putting, um, but it? we'll get to that I hear as they're well. going to fix that. Yeah, I, well, it's in the news. I never <laughs> could have imagined we would be talking about dildos in the news on this show, but here 2020, man, am I right? Hey, I mean, mom. we did have a story about Randy Pitchford, so. You want to tell your mom about the dildos, Cozy? Uh, I mean, let's jump right into it. I don't see why we <laughs> should. No, no, we. I, I do want to. I do want to spend a little more time here. Um, yeah, and then we can jump to the, the news surrounding the launch of this game. Um, like I said, I think the story is what's most pleasantly surprised me about this because yeah. I, I was not looking forward to this game the way a lot of other people were. I wasn't actually planning on picking it up at launch. Um, mm -hmm. It really was that Stadia promotion that pushed me over the edge of. I want to give this platform a fair shake, and this is a great way for me to get in the door. Um, yep. And the story has been really engrossing, at least to the point that I've gotten. I'm mm -hmm. hoping it continues. Uh, from what I know, it, it it seems like it will. And uh, yeah. I'm hope I the thing that's bothered me the most is from mechanically is something that we actually heard about a few months ago and was maybe partially to blame for some of the delays that we've seen on this title, and that's the combat, the mm -hmm. melee combat or the hand to hand combat. It's no bueno. I do not enjoy that in the slightest. I think it's fine. It's very the hand-to-hand -hand combat is very simplistic, but it, uh, it's fine. You, you it's have, something I'm not really going to use. Like I prefer the have, gunplay. Okay, so you have but. three weapon slots, right? Um, and 
you have to have one of those empty in order to use your fists. Um, otherwise, you know, I have it, you're seeing the video on stream right now, I believe, um, about, you know, he's running around with a shotgun and using a sword. Um, I, I definitely use a, a katana uh, a lot and just, I'm just running up to people, hacking people, running away, hiding. Um, if, uh, similar to The Last of Us, um, I think the stealth sequences, especially early on, um, aren't handled very well. Uh, but as you build and spec your character, um, it does get a little bit easier to do those stealth things, but then you kind of get hit with the impatience of, I want to keep moving things forward. But... That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Of I want to be stealthy, but every encounter yeah. I get to, I'm stealthy for like the first room or two. And then somehow someone sees me that I didn't see. And then it's a, it's yeah. a rain of bullets from that point forward. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, with regards to, you know, your, your, uh, the stats and uh, stat points and everything that you uh, can use the, uh, what is it? Um, if you're if you're planning on trying to be a like a jack of all trades because you don't know what way you want to spec yourself, um, you you're just gonna you're gonna end up not having a lot of the cool abilities as you get further on, which is kind of the spot that I'm in. Um, I'm I'm mostly okay in that I've got enough of the quick hacking and stuff, um, and I do enough of the gunplay that I can handle almost any situation. But then I see, you know, clips of stuff online and whatnot of somebody with these mantis claw arms and whatnot. And it's just like, what? How? It, it didn't, the cyber, the cybernetic enhancements and everything, it does a little bit of tutorialization of, of regarding that. And there's like cutscenes and stuff. But then after that, it doesn't really come up unless you seek it out. It's, and so by default, you're just sort of going on uh, just doing basic gunplay thinking, oh, okay, well, you're, you're kind of expecting it to. And I think this is one of the places where it flounders is the, the expectation is that it's going to be a in any good quote unquote video game. It's going to be a good balanced. Hey, we're going to feed you a little bit of this, feed you a little bit of that, uh, give you some of this um, and then. It, it doesn't feel like it's giving me the opportunities to try and uh, to experiment really because all the cool stuff is happens so far late, uh, later on um, that I don't know I don't want to necessarily commit to specking one way or another. It'd be uh, nice if the game featured like some I, way yeah. to respec if you really wanted to. Which I don't Which know if that's in there or not, because I don't know if that that's know if that's sort been of confirmed at all. That would be the most cyberpunk thing it could do. It really, yeah. All right. So. Uh, before we move into the news, cozy Nathan, has anything we've said or anything you've read or heard about this game? Okay, so according to Jeebus in the chat, you can respec perks, so that is good to know. Cool. Um, oh, good. But not ability level points, which is whatever. Um, yeah. Cozy Nathan, <laughs> I just want to get a sense from you. Is there anything about this game? that you're hearing from us or you're hearing from others around that interests you in getting into it at all, or is it still sort of just a wait and see or not even going to touch it kind of experience for you guys? So I, Greg calling it uh, on um, the games cast. I listened to 
that that did too. The fact that he compared it to Fallout actually makes me really excited. Here's the thing, though. I'm not touching it until there's a native PS5 version. Um, I can yeah, wait. That's uh, fair. Um, that was my original plan. And I think I've had that opinion for a while. I think I've stated that I thought the PS4 version was going to be a mess. And I would wait for the PS5 native version. Um, so, but yeah, I, I do want to get into it one day once, you know, it's patched and there's a new version. Yeah, I mean, I still, my opinion on this game is the same that it was a couple of weeks ago, which is that it seems like it's a little too overambitious, uh, but it also very much seems like it's uh, quite a bit up my ally, uh, alley. <laughs> I don't know why I said ally. <laughs> uh, quite a bit Poor up my alley. alley. It's just uh, that kind of day. And the comparisons to Fallout and, of course, previously, um, what is it deus ex definitely are things that are very much of interest to me um you know you mentioning that you had a difficult time stealthing around actually is a little bit dispiriting to hear because one thing that i really enjoyed about that's more so me just being a dumb dumb i'm a dumb dumb when it comes to games like this Uh, that's why i don't usually stick with them i honestly might i'm I'm trying to figure out if i want to restart a character and just go for an all-out brute that can just like muscle their way through with tons of gunplay but Put all your points in body. Yeah. Exactly. Which I've not really done yet. I want to play it stealthy. I want to do the hacking. I want to do all those kinds of things. But I don't think I might build. I might have to lean on our friends, uh, both here and afar, to figure out exactly how I should be specking this character. Something that I really enjoyed about Deus Ex Mankind Divided is how easy it was for me to stealth through that game's environments. Um, in fact, so much so that I remember when that game came out, some people complained about how it was just a little bit too easy to do so. I remember the Kotaku review starting out by saying, man, Adam Jensen needs a nerf. This guy's a little bit too powerful. Um, but despite hearing that it might be a little bit more on the difficult side to stealth in this game, I am still very much uh, interested in playing it, but I am going to just wait until they fix some of the issues. And I am yeah. perfectly fine waiting until like March, April, <clears throat> even May of next year, uh, if it means that I have to wait that long for the game to be in a much better shape than it is right now on PS5. It, it I think, is absolutely... And, and I know... It is absolutely... I know, by the way, that... Absolutely... Uh, AJ go ahead then Cozy go ahead and then I will say a thing and then I have another thing I want to say and then we will move into the news okay (laughs) Okay. AJ Um, go okay it is absolutely possible to be good at stealth from the beginning this is something I've learned as I've played it's just as somebody who specced their way as kind of like a, an all-around, I don't know what way I want to go with this necessarily. I want to, I wanted the story to guide me that way more, but really it is open-ended uh, in such a way you can a- attack any encounter whatever way you want. It's just, no, if you know you want to do it stealthy when you go in, maybe look up the perks and stuff beforehand and the the, the ability attributes and whatnot and learn to spec yourself that way if that is something you are interested in doing okay cool uh i i want to say like i remember uh with the original deus ex and by that i mean deus ex human revolution one of the complaints that people had with that game is that the boss battles leaned very heavily towards like physical gun-based combat as opposed to stealth or any other kind of you know method of play 
And I was hearing from some people that apparently this game suffers from something of the same issue where the big bad bosses also very much uh, emphasize like gunplay and melee combat over like hacking and stealth and whatnot. Is that true in your experiences? I've really only hit one small quote unquote boss fight. And honestly, the way I dealt with it was I ran right through and ignored it. I didn't kill the thing. So okay. I played the game of run through to the next objective. There's hmm. um there's some side missions and stuff um that are very boss like fight like you show up to an area and there's a a very very powerful person there who you know you have to subdue mm-hmm. um and uh the, a lot of some of them are side quests and then some of some of the quote unquote uh, story based like boss fights if you will are Big, just more or less bigger story sequences than they are boss fights. So. Okay. Uh, see, this is like uh, part of the reason why I don't want to play this game right away is that the kind of dark side to a lot of the water cooler talk that people have where they're like, oh man, what'd you do when you got to this part of Cyberpunk? Oh, I did this, that, and this and that. Is that right now when we're so early into exploring these kinds of games, you know, there can sometimes be a little bit of misinformation. Uh, like if you're like, oh man... I could not employ my stealth or hacking abilities at all on this one boss. Like, you don't know whether or not that's just your own personal experience that you had with the boss and you just couldn't figure out uh, how to take it on in an on, uncreative fashion or if that is actually the way that the game was designed. On stream right now is uh, they just got to a part where this is technically a one of these story-based uh, main story boss fights mm-hmm. that happens. Um, Spoilers! And, you know. Spoiler, it's very early on. Uh, I mean, I'm not even really paying uh, attention for, too much to the video. I'm yeah. like, oh. If, if, if you were curious, it's right here. But you, we're probably going to cut away from that soon anyway. So, hmm. All right. Well, I have more or less have had all my questions for the time being answered. Can I uncover my eyes now? Are the spoilers gone? The spoilers Again, I, happened. I, I, I'm it's cool. Just... I'm sort of paying attention to the screen. It's like, I don't. Like, I, I can't even tell what is. You have no idea what's boss. going on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I don't have any context one, for anything. Yeah, the, the one last thing I wanted to say before we moved on uh, with regards to Cyberpunk is, Cozy, Nathan, if you guys are going to be waiting for that native PS5 version, with the way these games launched, and so I'm f- seeing a lot of what happened to Marvel's Avengers in this game of launch, supporting previous-gen hardware, game comes out and is a buggy broken mess the first six months plus of the game being out is going to have to be bug fixing that version before they can get back to working on the next gen version in earnest so i wouldn't be surprised if we don't see that ps5 native version until next fall i will say in comparing the two games at the very least this is a primarily like 100 percent single player experience you yeah, think I mean, they, they have their don't own have issues to worry in different ways. I just meant more playing. so of the yeah. launching like a wet fart. You feel like yeah. it might be fixed as late as next fall? Yep. Hmm. I, I mean, would not be surprised if the PS5 version of this game launches in fall 2021. You know, earlier this year... I will year, eat pro if that does not happen, but I can totally see that happening. I, I, I played through... to 2022, honestly. Yeah, I, I can see that happening too. It depends on how quickly they're able to resolve some of the issues that already exist in the game. Something, earlier this year should have been delayed to 2077 i played Basically. through star wars jedi fallen order in like march and that was the perfect time to play it because by that point they had 
ironed out a lot of the kinks in the system there. I don't know that I would have like gone back to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order though if it was fully fixed up in like September. Actually, funny funny story about that. So this week, or I guess between the the last show and this show's recording, I was able to buy two more PS5s. Oh wow! Uh, so through some of the restocks, I just I got in there. I was able to get two PS5s. So one of them. I sold to a really good friend of mine who's been looking for one, and I, mm. as a Christmas gift to him, pulled out every physical disc that I thought he should play because he didn't have any. He didn't have a PS4, Xbox One, hasn't had a ga- gaming PC in five, ten years. Um, so I pulled out. I pulled out Jedi Fallen Order. I pulled out Spider Man. I pulled out Uncharted's. I pulled out. Um, oh, what's the name of the S- game? God of Super. War, Horizon. All these games, right? Which I'm realizing now he might not even need all of them because of the PlayStation Plus collection, but that's not important. If he gets right now. Plus. I'm assuming he will. Okay. I'm going to suggest he do it at least for the month to get bug snacks. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then the second one I was able to get for a friend of ours, Alistair, who hangs out in our Discord. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad I was able to do that, but it, I've just felt like the PS5 whisperer this week in terms of acquiring those. Um, yeah, it's been weird. But he's playing Fallen Order now. He's actually texting me today saying he's absolutely loving it. So that's why I kind of wanted to bring that up. All right. And one last thing I wanted to bring up to you guys, because I don't know if you're aware. I have created our 2021 Fantasy Critic League for the podcast. Ooh. Uh Uh-huh. So I will make sure you guys get that link. We'll get signed all signed up there, ready to go for the new year. I don't think we've decided yet if we're going to do the draft on a show or a bonus episode or just offline. Uh, But you can find the details of that. We'll be sharing that on Twitter. We'll be sharing details on our Discord uh, as we get closer to the new year or maybe in the new year. We don't know yet. We're still trying to sort all that kind of logistic-y stuff out. But until we get there, let's get into the news. Sweet. Yeah. So the news this week has been uh, cyberpunk and very little else. (laughs) <laughs> yeah There's been uh, not much cyberpunk has about. come well i mean like Most i said anticipated game of the year of the last seven years and so, it comes yeah. out like a wet fart surprising a lot of people for whatever reason even though their last game came out and was a buggy mess as well but we will get into that um so much so that cdpr that had to yeah. issue a statement regarding refunds for the title for people who were not satisfied with the ps4 and xbox one versions of the game uh, but those requests for refund have been met with an inconsistent response from platform holders. This coming to us via Rebecca Valentine at GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, CD Projekt Red initially directed console refund requests to the platform holders, but is now asking for more time. Uh, following a litany of launch issues surrounding Cyberpunk 2077, ranging from the inclusion of since-fixed since epileptic triggers, as well as game ba- game-breaking bugs, I cannot read today. Uh, A number of people are seeking refunds for the game, but are struggling to get them. So two days ago, CDPR issued a statement apologizing for the performance, noting the patches are on the way, but suggesting anyone who is dissatisfied with their purchase request a refund. However, a day later, during an emergency investor call, uh, CDPR read, uh, or CDPR SVP of business development, Michael, I'm not even going to try. I'm sorry. Um, Their SVP of business development indicated, Sorry. I was going to say, my dad might be able to know how to pronounce his name because he knows a bit of Sylvanian. And that name is not Sylvanian, but it's sort of within the same kind of linguistic, I guess you could say, like, family region. 
as I said, CDPR's SVP of Business Development indicated that refunds were not as simple as requesting one from the platform holder. Uh, both Sony and Microsoft have denied refund requests along the guidelines that they have since that they have set out for their stores. Uh, I know I don't know spe the specifics of the Xbox policy, but I know on PlayStation, if you've downloaded the game, they will not issue a refund, and we're instead directing people to wait for the upcoming patches that CDPR has promised will come for the game in January and February. Um, so that's a mess. I've thought about bit. this. Um, I want to hear those thoughts. I do want to say that a friend of ours actually tried to go through this and then went on a bit of a t uh, Twitter tirade uh, when he was met with this response. Uh, rightfully so. If you mm -hmm. decided that your money is better spent elsewhere between now and when the game is playable, then wait. Um, and you should be entitled to that money back. And uh, Nathan, what are your thoughts on this whole refund debacle? So the refund's a big issue, but there's a lot of problems involved here um cd product red should have talked to both microsoft and sony about doing refunds before they put a statement out saying they should go get refunds um they kept them in the dark um but then on that investor call i believe they also said because there was a question about how this game got past cert mm -hmm. and they basically said that sony and um microsoft let them skip the cert process because they said they'd have the the kinks worked out before the game launched. So I think at that point, it comes on Sony and Microsoft to then issue the refunds because that's, it's a pretty certified. standard practice. It's a pretty standard practice to actually do that. Um, even, even back in like the PS2 days, um, they, they would do something similar in that, you know, if there was like a, a very rare occurring game breaking bug or something like that, but it just, it's so obscure that you couldn't uh, progress or something like that. Um, you know, they might, you know, they would talk to the, the uh, manufacturers and uh, the, the platform holders and whatnot and say, Hey, let us print a couple of these copies and put them out into the wild. You know, we're going to fix this tomorrow, but we need to get the, the number of copies out there and then we'll, swap it in for the new one and if somebody encounters a problem then they can call us and swap it out for a fresh disc uh they talk about it on the giant bomb cast uh, oh, that that sort of issue yeah so if, if you want more info on on cyberpunk in general but also t them talking about that but that is a fairly standard uh thing to for for companies to do it especially in the era of day one patches now Yes, uh, you know it's a it's a shame, fool me once, shame on uh, me, fool me twice, shame on you, sort of scenario here. In that, you know, they've let a bunch of companies do this over time. Why would CDPR this time be any different? And now it's biting everybody in the ass. You think that this is going to change things going forward where Sony and Microsoft are going to be like, we're not going to give anyone, even a developer that has a very good proven track record, uh, like just a free pass with regards to the certification process. Do you think that they're going to be like, no, we really need to make sure that your game looks and plays as good as possible before we let people buy it on our consoles because we don't want to have another conundrum like this again? Um, I think if they want to do that, then they need to employ their own QA testers, um, and allow, uh, allow game companies to utilize them 
um, to theoretically speed up the process of QA, quote unquote. Um, all, other, all, of the, all of this sounds very expensive for both parties yeah. involved and also incredibly difficult to do in the remote working environment that we find ourselves in in 2020. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of this, not a lot, not a lot of this, but I think part of this can be put to blame on, you know, the, the business having to shift to a remote working environment from people having to totally try to shuffle sure. and get things working and out the door while also maintaining the same, you know, quote unquote quality um, <laughs> that we've seen from CD project red as they've launched their titles. Cause even the Witcher three launched and was a pretty buggy mess. And even to this day, people laud it for, story and and all these kinds of things i have not personally finished it but i've also heard from friends who have that it's not god's gift to gaming i don't remember right. uh, your friends are wrong i don't remember the witcher having that many bugs at launch the the so the witcher when it launched it had a very slow um menu system uh in that it took a long time to load and it was uh, kind of frustrating that way and then as well um a lot of people didn't like the way Geralt. Uh, was uh, moved and controlled um, and so they added in uh, a different kind of control feel um, after the fact as a as a free update uh, and whatnot which is what gave cdpr uh, a lot of the the credit that they they earned and subsequently burnt uh, with the release of cyberpunk i think that regardless of what our thoughts are on the witcher 3 whether we think it's deserving of all the praise it's received or not like yeah it's pretty clear that the uh, everything that's currently happening right now is the product of all these various factors kind of really bearing down on cd project red we have the pandemic we have the fact that you know as beloved as uh, cd project red is they've been upfront about the fact that they have struggled with crunch uh, both on this game and you know on the witcher 3 in the past that game had some real real brutal crunch if you want to read more about it you can go and check out jason schreier's blood sweat and pixels did and... cd project red also promise that they weren't going to crunch on this game and then decided to crunch on this game well, and now they're extra going to be crunching on this game after the fact because I mean that's that's the problem with the way games are developed now is the game comes out and they're constantly being updated mm-hmm. to fix some of these issues that come up at launch cuz one with the I, world we're living in right now you don't have as many hands on it before launch and two there's just some things you're never going to catch until something launches so we're you're constantly in this up how, d- dev crunch update cycle which is going to be really difficult for them moving into next year we, on top of having to launch two more SKUs of this game yeah we okay so we put a lot of pressure on the company and the direction and you know poor management and stuff like that which is all 100 percent a factor in this case how much of it i and you know i'm not an economist or anything like that how much of it can we actually like blame on pressure from pressure on publicly traded companies that employ all these people people to get the game out now because i want to make my money back now from the investors uh i would say i have no idea because i'm not in this industry nor am i privy to any of those shareholder conversations we're never Mm going to know unless we get someone on the inside so it's it's hard to say one way or another from the ground up somebody start starts a company and starts to change it there you go cozy that's your that is your that is your goal for 2021 i'll I'll look into it i'll look into it i'll look into Um, it 
the one last thing I wanted to say here is I think this situation for Microsoft and for Sony on the heels of them both launching their, well, on Sony's part, their second, actually both of them have launched digital platforms in the past, both with the Xbox one S all digital and Sony's PSP go. Yeah. But I think this is the re the first real time that the, there is a major skew at the launch of these systems that is digital only. And I think their store policies are going to have to change in some way to allow a little more leniency when it comes to this kind of situation. Because you look at something like Steam, whose refund policy is similar to Sony and Xbox's, but also says you it's not if you've downloaded the title, you can't get a refund. It's if you've played less than two hours and you feel like you, you're not enjoying the game, you can get a refund. And I think that's something that Sony and Xbox are both going to have to look at Steam's policies and say, hey, what about this do we like? What do we not like? Because we are now living in a digital world as much as they want to still support their brick-and-mortar partners with the, the consoles and the discs and the media remotes and the controllers and all that jazz. But ultimately, the yeah. move towards digital is a real future for this industry, and they need to get their shit together. Yep, Totally. And all that uh, speaking of getting their shit together, uh, I hate to continue bashing CD Projekt Red, but apparently developers on the title were updating the last-gen version up until the very last minute. What a surprise. Um, CD Projekt Red held some sort of... They held a conference call on Monday uh, in which they addressed a number of inquiries into the launch of the uh, game Cyberpunk 2077. This news coming again via gamesindustry.biz, written by James Batchelor. Uh, the uh, uh, I'm I'm not gonna try names. I apologize to anyone involved, but there was a conference call. With Do you want me to call my dad? No, it's okay, cozy. You sure? <laughs> I can call my dad right here. I have my phone. Cozy, it's fine. Um, despite strong sales and feedback on PC, mm. Stadia, and next gen consoles, feedback from those who are using older devices was way below our expectations. Four members of the management team then faced questions from shareholders mostly focused on the current issues with the last-gen console SKU, but also touching on other aspects of the game's development. Um, many shareholders asked about how the negative feedback and need to fix the issues will affect plans for DLC, multiplayer, The Witcher 4, as well as the next-gen versions, but uh, management offered no comment. Uh, one caller asked for clarification on the recent report that CDPR had changed its bonus structure in light of the poor reviews. They declined comment there as well. No questions were raised about the presence of epileptic tree triggers or the fact the studio enforced a mandatory crunch in the run-up to launch, something that still did not prevent a further delay to the game. Since, uh, since Cyberpunk's launch last week, much of the discourse is focused on bugs, glitches, and poor, poor performance on last-gen consoles. Review scores are also suffering, with the PC version's initial rating of 91 on Metacritic now down to an 89, and early console scores being considerably lower than the PC reviews that we got at launch. At time of writing uh, this article, which would be Wednesday the 16th, the PlayStation, PlayStation version has a Metacritic rating of 52, while the Xbox mm -hmm. version is at a 55. Wow. Is Alex um, Ballant still winning our like uh, open critic predictions? <laughs> well, we're not going to get into that tonight. We decided to punt that to the new year i think yeah we're still kind of sorting out our end of year schedule um it's tight i will say the lower the score goes the happier i am <laughs> and we'll leave it at that okay. yeah so um, cdpr is rightfully getting called out for the way this game launched and 
developers had not gotten a, a blink of sleep because they've been busy trying to fix all the issues that have come out since the launch of the game. Um, it, continuing in this town hall, COVID didn't help. Um, and they've, they've just been working on this thing nonstop right up until the launch. So th- this just kind of like reiterates the, the last point that I made on the previous article um, with regards to shareholders and investors and stuff like that. They're... Why, why would CDPR put this game out on previous consoles? Because there's millions upon millions of those previous consoles out there in the wild now. And for investors, that means millions upon millions of sales. Especially for this extra hyped, I'm not going to call it overhyped in this moment, but extra hyped, highly anticipated game that could theoretically lead to more sales. And now, you know, that being what it what it is, in my opinion, it should have just been completely canned on last generation yeah. and focused on the new hardware. Do you take do the you, PC build? Do you think uh 343 Studios is looking at this and being like, "Oh shit, what do we do?" Oh, it's quite possible. Cuz they've punted that, Halo Infinite to next year. And yeah. I see a very real possibility that that game does not launch on the Xbox One and is PC and Xbox Series X and Series S exclusive. Yeah, I think if it if it's to quote-unquote launch on the Xbox One, it needs to be exclusively through a streaming app. That is how you have to play it. And you Maybe play we it get GamePad or uh, xCloud on Xbox One by that point, right? And that's how you can do it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. hey. It's, um, uh, it's coming to PC soon, so... If well, I wouldn't say soon. Oh, you mean xCloud, yeah, yeah. Yeah, xCloud is. I mean, hey, we've already seen that the worst that Halo Infinite can look with regards to Craig the Brute is still better than some of those Craig cyberpunk. is beautiful. You leave Craig alone. What I'm saying is he's, that he's Craig... complimenting Craig. Let him Exactly. Finish. I'm saying, like, Craig, which many people consider, like, oh, man, that's uh, the lowest that this game is going to look, is still better than a lot of the NPCs in Cyberpunk 2077's Night City. So, like... Even if that worst case scenario you guys are describing comes to pass where it launches on the Xbox One and it looks like crap, I mean, it's not going to look like that much crap. Sure. I, I think it's more so the having to tune multiple versions. The, the more versions <coughs> of the game you try to get out the door simultaneously, the more likely you are to have bugs across all of them as opposed to focusing your efforts on the area which long term is going to be where your investment is best spent. So if you're going to spend you know tens of thousands of man hours or person hours working on these previous gen versions that could be spent better optimizing the ones that are going to come out and be maintained over time where is that from a tech technical perspective you'd rather focus on the new and shiny from an investor's perspective you want to maximize return on that investment which means launching where the majority of people will be able to buy that product but yes. I think we'll see as we get towards Halo Infinite's launch that mm-hmm. we're going to see more and more of a shift, I think, towards Game Pass. And the physical, like the, the quote-unquote traditional sales of Halo Infinite won't matter as much as the like new user rate of Game Pass around that game's launch. I think um, that CD Projekt Red, they need to put out a post on Twitter that does not have a yellow background behind it in which they just <laughs> come out and are like, hey, guys, we fucked up big time and that's not going mean, to resolve anything you know ultimately they need to really kind of wor- do a lot more things to rebuild their trust with uh, their consumer base but th- that would be a good start 
All right, well, they speaking should... of being fucked up big time, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 will no longer be a dildo paradise. This coming to us via VG247's Patrick Dane. One of the weirdest stories to come out of the launch of Cyberpunk 2077 is just how many dildos there are in the game. They're everywhere. Why are there so many dildos just being thrown asunder in the streets of Night City? I actually appreciate I think if... I, I think if you... <laughs> If you give it 10 seconds, you can show that screenshot that I shared on Twitter on stream. Just 10 seconds and then take it down. How does so, everyone else feel? Mitch, sure. Nathan, are you I, in support I'm going to keep this? going. You show whatever you're going to show. Yeah. Uh, Philip Weber, a senior okay. quest designer in the game, spoke to Kotaku, explaining their inclusion in the game was that they wanted Night City to be pretty open sexually, where something by today's standards might be taboo or kinky, and it, it ends up being very normal and commonplace by 2077 standards. However, while this might be true and is a nice uh, sort of, um, you know, touch point into the wave of the future and how progressive they're hoping the world of the future may be, um, it still seems like they added too many dildos. You scrolled past it, Cozy. Oh. Um Weber goes on to explain why they appear so frequently and what CD Projekt Red is going to do about it. He said, the second reason for the high amount of dildos in the world is because they can spawn as random loot. And we were still tweaking those settings, so especially during the early reviews, the amount of dildos in the game was pretty high. We're going to adjust that so that dildos don't appear too out of place or out of context and become more of a distraction than the way they had originally been intended in the design of the game. While it's easy to laugh and giggle, it's also good that cyberpunk 2077 team is reigning in it a bit in terms of world building it creates a confusing perhaps even distracting reality of just too many dildos so i saw the screenshot that i just showed on screen before we went live and no joke i did not realize that your character aj was holding a dildo <laughs> That's... It is, so that is actually a a blunt weapon uh, that was stronger than the katana i had at, a t at the time so I, I was running through an area just trying to grab all, like, the collectibles. And, like, it was a firefight, so I was trying to find ammo boxes and things like that. And accidentally picked up a studded dildo. Oh, It was wow. next to the ammo box, and I accidentally picked up a dildo. Because you, hey, you, know you know what you don't want to accidentally pick up when you're trying to pick up ammo? A dildo. A dildo? A dildo. Like you should be picking up as many dildos as you can. Can you, like, keep them and make a shrine of dildos? I hope not. That would There's be really creepy the... to pick up a bunch of used dildos and create There's a actually a section of, of the city. There's actually a section of the city that is focused on sex work and sexuality and all right. that stuff. Y'all um, talk about and sexuality and cyberpunk and dildos, and I got to go grab some water. He's actually grabbing a, a dildo for himself. Um, if but I brought a dildo as the... your prop, would that be funny? Or would that get banned on Twitter? I, I, I mean, I would laugh. Uh... I don't know if I would laugh if we got banned on Twitch. Yeah. That's anyway, there's a, uh, there's a there's a there's a a small small location in the the city that is focused on like sex work and stuff like that. Um, just in the open world and in one of the stores, it's just wall to wall dildos. It's hmm. uh, it's it's pretty entertaining. So here's the thing. This guy's saying we wanted Night City to be pretty open sexually, where something by today's standards might be taboo or kinky is very normal and commonplace. How much other weird sex kinky stuff is in this game aside from dildos? Oh, okay. So this this is actually something that um, it, it's 
it's something that that harkens back to last year's uh, transphobia controversy, mm. where they had the the image of um, the 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 uh, feminine looking person with underneath their bathing suit clothing the 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 erect penis, and mm. they mm. eventually edited that out of the marketing, but that picture is still very much splattered across the game itself. Um, so they they tried to what they tried to do there with that and with any other sexuality based uh stuff in the game they 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 tried to say something about it that it hey man it's cool like what you like do what you want be the person you want to be without actually saying anything about it at all and just mm. mostly using that sort of stuff as kind of a shock teehee dildos sort of thing what i find rather strange about this game is the the narrative of be who you want to be try to like be be as open or as free as like why is there no way to change your character after you've started the game you can customize your clothing good point you can't change it should be part of the the, it should be part of your your cybernetic augmentations you should be able like the the point is with that, you can go back and forth as you please. And, yes. you know. What I was trying to get at earlier, though, is like, you know, you mentioned how the game tries to kind of say this, uh, impart this message of you can be whoever it is that you want to be in Night City, but it doesn't get any deeper than that. What about, though, like, just like the presence of like other like sex toys or like sexual objects in the vein of dildos? Like, are there any, like, anal beads strewn across the floor of Night yes. City? Okay. See, that's yes. that's what I was curious about, because the way that people have been describing this, it's like, dildos are the only sexual thing you can encounter yeah. in the wild in Night I, City. And I was going to criticize that, saying, like, I mean, I feel like that's not really saying, oh, we're trying to portray that Night City is open sexually. I feel like yeah. that's just a weird joke. But Things, So the, there's, a, there's a character perk that I have, so I, I never get to really actually see this stuff. Um, but there's a character perk that I have that any, any, uh, anything classified as junk gets automatically broken down into parts that you can use for crafting. Um, and, and, and so there are times where you can pick up, uh, things like that, but I just never end up seeing it because I'm just hitting X on my controller over and over again, just picking up everything because it's just all going to automatically dismantle and become crafting material anyway. Um, but the, yes, the, the, there is um, uh, that sort of thing. Like more, there, there are more toys, um, none, none that you can play with similar that, that I'm aware of, like mm. the, the dildo bat. Mm. Uh, but other than that, it is kind of there. Okay. I mean, I just found something very fun as as I was... I found something very fun in the vein of of this game Um, and just the way this year has gone and how how they've handled it. And it's just side-by-side screenshots of the game running on PC, like a high-end PC, and the game running on console. And it just says January Mm -hmm. 2020 versus December 2020. So, like, Mm -hmm. the the January 2020, everything looks great. It's it's amazing. It looks like the high-res PC screenshot. And then... December is oh, wow. what we got on console. So, yeah. 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 
Well, now to talk about something completely different. Um, Yay. Fortnite has added a new limited time mode that plays suspiciously like Among Us. That sucks. This coming again from Patrick Dane at VG247. Uh, it looks like Fortnite's ripping off uh, another game, and uh, and it had to be Among uh, Us because Among Us is the biggest thing on the planet. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I mean, Fortnite is already a ripoff of PUBG anyway, so Correct. like, yeah. But, so but, but Epic Games has revealed The Spy Within, a limited time mode. It's a take on hidden identity games, but functions very similarly to Among Us. Um, specifically, the game starts with 10 players eight who are agents and two who are spies the spies are trying to sow uncertainty and kill the other players the agents are trying to identify the spies before they can eliminate the crew while also trying to gather gold coins by completing objectives players cannot talk unless in a meeting which can be called when a player thinks something suspicious is going on either the spies win by killing all the players or the agents win by voting both the spies out or completing their objectives so yeah, Among Us just launched on the Nintendo Switch. It's coming to Game Pass. It is huge. I'm so happy for this little indie dev that could. And now the biggest thing on the planet is trying to squash it. Mimicry is the highest uh, form of flattery, but something feels gross about Fortnite Yep. Uh, doing it again. Now, Rosie? I mean, we'll see how things play out. I'm going to go on the limb here, right here, and say, and, you know, if I'm wrong about this, you can clip this out and post it, tweet it at me every single day of the rest of my life. But I don't think this is going to take off the way that Among Us has taken off. I agree with you. Um, but I yeah. still don't think it's it, it's kind of scummy. Uh, Nathan? Go ahead. It's kind of scummy. It's kind of a fun thing, but whatever. Um, I was just going to say... Um... This is one of the modes created in the create mode, right? So this isn't like yes. an official mode. Um, no, it's a it's a limited it's a limited time event being put out by Epic. Oh well, then I don't know. I think, I think it's you in know crea- I I didn't read too much into it, but I think it is in create mode, but it's being published by Epic. Okay, okay. I think that. It- like obviously not the biggest uh, component of Fortnite success, but I think a pretty huge component of Fortnite success over PUBG before it uh, is the aesthetic of that game. That aesthetic was, I think, way more marketable than what PUBG uh, previously offered, and I think made it such a huge hit with like demographics both new and old. Um, and with Among Us, like the Among Us guys have kind of entered into that sphere of video game pop culture where like you instantly know who you are and you just, they like are appearing in fan art and, you know, fan creations uh, up and down. And I feel like at this point, like Fortnite isn't going to be able to steal that kind of visual thunder, that like kind of aspect of video game pop culture that um, the Among Us guys have already cemented themselves into. Hmm. I mean, I hope that's the case, but it remains like, again, yes. Flattery, uh, imitation, all that jazz. I still think it's it's kind of like like AJ said. It's kind of scummy of the biggest thing on the planet to come after the in one of the biggest indie if, darlings we've seen in the last few years. If Epic had reached out to them and partnered with them, and they did a split, like, hey, we're not going to ask uh, Among Us for any money. We just want your blessing to put this in the game, and you to say something about it. Hey, have fun, guys, or whatever. If they had partnered with it in that way, but I just checked their, the Among Us game Twitter and I haven't seen any acknowledgement of it. So, right. I mean, something else know, that if, could have been if nice. If they had said something, 
it, it would feel less scummy. I mean, something they could have done was work with an inner sloth because we now see it coming to Xbox. We see it's coming. We see it coming to the Switch. Why not put it oh, on man. Epic as well? Have we it be one of those Epic those free games. The... Trophies. Yeah, it will be on the Xbox. I thought there's just PC. Soon. It was coming. To oh, well, Pass, oh, PC. sorry. Yes, it's coming to PC Game Pass. You're right. But yes. I mean, even even still, being included in Xbox Game Pass, um, presumably it will come to the Switch or to the Xbox and to the PlayStation at some point. Can't wait for the um, trophies. Just because of the popularity of the title, <laughs> I don't see any reason for them not to. No, if it's on the Switch, there's no reason not to go to those other systems. You've already that, got it built for con- for controller at that point. Yeah, controller. And let's be honest, they'll have a better, more robust voice chat system. So. Well, I still, I don't know how voice chat will work in that sense because it'll still be crossplay, right? Oh, that's true. So you'll probably still want to do like what we do and use something like Discord or Zoom or Facebook or whatever the case might be to, mm-hmm. to voice chat with your friends. But I'm on it. So uh, anecdote, I finally, after us playing this game for what feels like millennia, convinced my wife because our friends wanted to play a game to try Among Us. And I think she had a good time. Ask she her. thinks she killed it. And we did. Her and I ended up as the killers one game and we won. So. Wow. Suck it, other people. Um, <laughs> but now with this being on the Switch, I can play on PC. She can play on the Switch instead of having to use the touch controls on the iPad. And I think it's going to make for a better experience. So I, I hope it does end up coming to more places. There's no reason for it not to. The studio deserves all the love in the world and maybe less of the doing the exact same thing creating clones creating copies or um yeah ripping it off in fortnite yeah um speaking of things finally coming to places google stadia is now officially available on ios uh, uh, this is coming to us via mobile syrup right, this is time for my bathroom break <laughs> so i know right. i got a stadia controller in the mail today but i can now use that with my iphone uh you could use it with your pc too I can, and I have, and it's great. Uh, Stadia is now officially available on iOS devices, including the iPhone and iPad, through a progressive web app. We learned of this strategy earlier this year that Google was going to employ for Stadia after the NVIDIA GeForce Now experience came to iOS devices also via a progressive web app. And we also know that xCloud is coming via the same channels. Uh, Apple has a very anti-competitive i'm gonna say it. it's an anti-competitive restrictive archaic app store policy that will require each individual game on a server that requires each individual game on a service to be listed on the digital f- storefront effectively blocking several game streaming services from releasing on ios including xcloud nvidia's geforce now and amazon's luna so thankfully now with the latest version of ios you can navigate to stadia.google.com and play your uh, Stadia games right there from the browser. You can also do what I did and save it to your phone's home screen, which will then remove all the excess browser window bits, and it will run just like any other app on your device. It's great. It works well. I tried it out earlier. It works real, real good. So thank you, Google, for finding ways around Apple's stupid policies. Is it funny that they have to release all the games separately, but they and like rate them, but they don't have that for movies or television shows on streaming apps? And that's what doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they're doing it because Apple them. I'm surprised they don't do it. Honestly, I feel like if the Apple of today, like if a new, if streaming video services weren't like 
didn't break the mold five, six years ago with things like Netflix and kind of forced their ways onto mobile. I think if the same thing was happening now with streaming video, that Apple would be just saying the same thing. Mm. The problem is the train's already left the station on that. And the one, just because they have a, I think they let the streaming video services through because they did not have a, a competing service at the time. They had right. iTunes, but they didn't have anything like Apple TV plus, but now you have Apple arcade. So if they, if you have competitors to your product, they're trying to release on your store. Why wouldn't you try to block it? But it is incredibly anti-competitive and hurts the market as a whole. So I am an avid Apple device user, and I think this is one of the worst marketing and technology decisions they've ever made. I agree. Yep. Fuck Apple. I, I agree. I mean, not to that extent. F- fuck this decision. But Speaking don't of fu- fucking up decisions. I was going to say, don't fuck an Apple. Speaking yeah. of fucking I mean, I mean, hey, hole listen. in it first. I have a yeah. segue. Please let me do it. Go, Mitch. Penis. Go ahead, Mitch. Speaking of fucking up decisions, EA Play on Game Pass for PC has been delayed into 2021. Again, coming from VG247's Patrick Dane. On the date that EA Play was meant to arrive on the PC version of Xbox Game Pass, Microsoft has announced that they are delaying it into early 2021. No real reason was given for the delay, only that they needed more time to get it working. Sure. I don't sports I in the game. But this only, I was looking forward to this. This only applies to get it if you have Ultimate, right? Like if you no. just have Game so, Pass PC. What is happening is at the launch of the Xbox Series X and Series S, uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate included EA Play, started including EA Play for console. But also announced when that announcement was made is that it was going to also come standalone as part of Game Pass for PC on PC. And I am only a Game Pass for PC subscriber. I do not have an Xbox console. We've talked about this at length. So I was looking forward to having EA Play as part of the Game Pass subscription I'm already paying for. And that is now getting pushed out to next year. I'm glad they're giving it the time they need to to get it working. But why wait until the day it was supposed to launch to announce that? Yeah, that's EA. Or Xbox. Microsoft. It's Xbox announcement. Just get an Xbox. It's fine. I don't want to. Tough. I have a perfectly viable PC hear, right here. I hear Alex has two. Yeah, but I don't need one. That's fine. Um, speaking of selling a ton of consoles, uh, including the many PS5s and many Xboxes that this group has acquired for us and friends and family, the Nintendo Switch is the best-selling console in Canada for the 25th straight month. This being written up wow. by GamesIndustry.biz's Rebecca Valentine. Uh, year to date, the Nintendo Switch in Canada has sold 790,000 units and mm. sold 148,000 units in November alone. Um, it was also the best-selling console in the U.S. last month. However, the PS5 was the best-selling console in the U.S. in terms of dollar sales, but was still outsold in Canada for the 20 like this 25 straight months of the Switch being the number one console in Canada. That will that's kind of crazy. That'll change in a few months. PlayStation had something similar to this when the PS4 launched. And they just blew through for, like, the first few years. Um, well, I mean, that's the thing, is they can't keep these things, these new boxes on the shelves, both the Xbox and yeah. the PlayStation. So anything they get out there is going to sell. 
so I will. I do see it surpassing it eventually. When that happens is anybody's guess. My guess is supply think, has to catch up to demand, right? I think April or June we'll see more stock on the shelves at that point. April, May, June, and that's when you'll see these. And then we'll see it all disappear when we get to next October, November because of the holidays. Yeah, we'll see. I feel really bad because I have not played the Switch throughout much of 2020. Um, the Switch typically is the console that I play on the go, of course. Uh, and obviously there have not been many opportunities for me to be on the go, being stuck at home throughout much of this godforsaken year. I, I downloaded, bought and downloaded uh, Pixel Puzzle Makeout League, Nathan. Oh, I and I have, I have every intention of still playing it, but it's just there has not been a good moment until now where I have a lot more free time because I finished working on Equilibrium. But even now it's like... I'm kind of torn between do I want to go to my Switch or do I want to go to my PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X. And like the other three consoles are definitely calling to me more because obviously I can play those at home, only at home. And the Switch is something that has a little bit more wider range. Um, what what but, reasons do you still have, Cozy, for going back to the PS4 specifically? I would uh, think everything would just be on the PS5, no? The reason why I still am going back to the PlayStation 4 is because I unfortunately am running out of storage on my PlayStation 5. If I had unlimited storage, I would just download everything onto it. But Can you just I del- How many games are you playing at once? Couldn't you just delete stuff and re-download stuff? I That's mean, what yeah. I've been doing primarily with the PS5. Uh, get a cheap uh, external hard drive. I've got a 3 terabyte hooked up to mine. That only uh, works on PS4 titles. Yeah, but it still... And you don't get the benefits of it being on the PS5. Yeah, but you can move them back and forth as you play them. I guess. I only have one or two PS4 titles installed on the PS5. So with regards to the... The majority of my PS5 is PS4 games at this point. Uh, With regards to the not deleting them, Mitch, it is kind of a vanity thing where, like, I've completed Bug Snacks, but... It, it would just feel wrong for me to delete it from my dashboard, but yeah, you probably should. You got the plat. You got the platinum, right? Yeah. You're never gonna look at it again. I, I'm considering mm. doing that to Astrobot right now. I love Astrobot. I deleted Astrobot the minute I got the platinum, mm-hmm. and then I was showing it to Carmen, who hadn't played it yet, and I just re-downloaded it because it took. I mean, I'm very lucky with the internet service I pay for, but. It did not take very long to have to redownload that. I could understand if you didn't have very good internet, mm-hmm. that that might be a limiting factor for a lot of people out there. And I do take that into account. But for me, I can just delete stuff and redownload it without much concern. There is also an issue where, like, for example, I sometimes play Rainbow Six Siege uh, with another group of friends. And, like, I, I don't play that game super often, but I play it just often enough that I can't delete it because I don't want to go through the whole rigmarole if they suddenly bounce it on me that, hey, we're playing this uh, all over again. Um, How short it, notice but, are they giving you? If All you need is one night to be able to redownload it. I, I fully acknowledge that this is a non-issue and that I'm making a mountain out of a molehill hill here. Oh, I just okay. I I just wish that my whole PlayStation 5 memory situation was a little bit more straightforward. That's all. Well, I definitely have the mindset that I'd rather have it on there. Just like I don't delete Halo off my Xbox because there's going to be a rainy day where I just want to pick it up again, even though I played through it a whole bunch and whatnot. So. Yeah, that, I, I totally understand that anxiety yeah. of, against deleting it. I've grown past that. If I'm if I'm done with the thing, delete. If friends want to play it, I redownload. But 
yeah, Nintendo Switch, way to go for being 25 straight months of being the best-selling console Woo-hoo. in Canada. And with that, we can wrap up the news for the week. Uh, nothing in read slash watch all the things. Nothing raining in the deals department, so I think we can get right into our topic of the show. Sweet. Let's do it. Uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, we went through and predicted what we thought was going to happen with the Game Awards. Um. So yeah, we thought we would go back, look at what we predicted, what actually won, kind of talk about the winners, since we didn't talk about that as part of the news, and see who won this little game of ours. Alrighty. So I've already I've already populated the 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 winners. The scores have already been tabulated. We will reveal those at the end. I've just moved them down in the sheet a bit. Hopefully you're not revealing that to everybody, cozy. Which no, he's I'm hoping good. I moved it down far he, enough. He is not. No. He is not. It, what? Just for the record, what row is it? 50? 50. Okay. Yeah. 50. I, I'm at, I've stopped at 35, so we're good. Beauty. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to work my way from the bottom to the top because that's going from kind of the, the, the less like bottom to top. Okay. So we'll start with the ones that didn't really count for points, but we wanted to do them anyway. Uh, the first being, what surprise announcement do you think we'll get at the Game Awards? AJ thought we'd got get an update on the video documentary for Halo Infinite. Alex Balland, who is not with us tonight, but we'll talk about his uh, answers regardless, uh, thought we'd get a tease for God of War 2 or God of War Ragnarok. Cozy thought we'd get the first tease of Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2. Mm-hmm. I said that we would get a release date for a new Pokemon Snap. And Nathan said we would get a look at a new 2D Metroid coming in 2021. None of those things were correct. None of those things were mentioned. None of them were even a breath on anyone's mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also knew going into these predictions that we would get, or we didn't know we were no, going to get a Smash know. announcement, but we figured we were going to get a Smash announcement, which was confirmed like two days after we recorded that episode. Go us. Um, AJ and Alex both thought we'd be getting Master Chief. Cozy thought we'd get Doom Slayer. I went big and said Ratchet and Clank. Nathan thought Crash Bandicoot. And no one even sniffed at the idea that Sephiroth would be coming to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yeah. Yeah, like, Square is weird with licensing out their characters. Uh, if you just look at the fact that it's really only been Cloud, yeah. um, and and the and the, Kingdom Hearts. the lack of and in, well, I don't know if that's I think that's them licensing from Disney more than anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just just you look at Cloud and like the 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 music selection in terms of. Uh, cloud in Smash Brothers. There's only two songs. Square is right? like very, very pro- yeah, something like that, something crazy like that. Square is very protective of Final Fantasy VII in particular, and that you know the fact that Sephiroth was coming was like both a no-brainer and I did not see it coming. Yeah. Moving on. Oh, okay, never mind. Not moving no. on. Nathan, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, I'm surprised they went with a cloud villain instead of maybe another Final Fantasy main character. But then I don't know who you pick. So, hmm. All right, moving on to the first award that we're going to talk about, and that's Best Debut Game. The majority of us thought this was going to go to Carry On, the only outliers of that being Alex saying Phasmophobia, and Cozy thinking Raji and Ancient Epic would win. The winner was Phasmophobia, so Alex was the only one of us to get that right. I'm not surprised... But I'm a little disappointed Carry On didn't win it. I suppose I should have accommodated for like just how close Phasmophobia blew up to the Game Awards being voted on. Recency probably helped yeah. considerably. Yeah. yeah, I voted... I, 
it's hit or, it's 50 50 whether you vote uh with or against recency bias and this time it worked against us okay uh next for content creator of the year the only one to get it right was aj and that was that valkyrie won that one you had that one pegged yeah. for her I, congratulations i had that i had that one pegged that one was um be, being a fan of like offline tv and you know pokemane and so like she's roommates with pokemane so she's in that circle and she's exploding big on her own yes but she also has the 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 friendship of of those people and the pe- uh people like pokemane and offline tv and those viewers and that absolutely elevated her above uh alana pierce who i know a lot better than uh even uh valkyrie so the next award of the night going for best multiplayer all of us but alex got this one right and that is that among us took that one home alex predicting it would have been the fall guys i wish good for them i'm glad yeah good for them yeah i think i I think if i remember correctly you you were gonna say fall guys but you switched it to a minus Mm -hmm. the next award was a no-brainer we all said it was gonna go to tony hawk and lo and behold it went to tony hawk for best sports slash racing game hell yeah it's really that good this year i need to play it it. i really need to play it um next award category being best sim slash strategy this was a toss-up for us between Microsoft Flight Simulator and Crusader Kings 3. However, it was not a toss-up because the entire world predicted correctly that Microsoft Flight Simulator was <coughs> going to take that one home. Only Alex and Cozy going with Crusader Kings 3 in that case. I mean, I feel like it could have still gone either way. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think, I think an in-depth strategy like Crusader Kings is... For a lot of people, like myself included, I'm so intrigued by Crusader Kings, but it's very unapproachable once you try and get into it. Mm-hmm. Like you need like an active coach, in my opinion, uh, because my my brain is dumb. Um, I need somebody to actively coach me through that to teach me how to play it. And Flight Simulator, it was incredibly cool to uh, fly past my house. But it mm-hmm. also required the same level of two tutelage in my opinion but that's just sims for me um best family game unanimous animal crossing votes and lo and behold animal crossing took that one home by a mile yeah, there's no question about that there was no way this didn't win it mm. nathan you went back to it this week yeah actually i've uh, got it open right here um uh you can now make your character blue there's different colors mm. you, can do. you can make uh, do you guys they... remember do you guys remember back during the early days of this podcast where it felt like the entirety of the show was just people talking about Animal Crossing? I think No, we were talking about nips specifically, and now we talk about cyberpunk nips. Yeah. I thought we talked about dildos. There are like different eras of Press YZ. There's like the beginning phase, there's the Animal Crossing phase, there's the nips phase, there's the girthy phase, and now we're in the uh, what would you call the current phase? Um, burnt out, tired. Yeah, sluggish. Yeah. <laughs> end lazy. of the year, fa- the gaudy phase, the end of the year phase. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. you just reminded me. Uh, listening to the uh, kind of funny games cast earlier today, um, they described Cyberpunk's gameplay uh, not as deep, but as very wide. And you know, I immediately thought, hey. 
There's another name for this. Yes. What could it be? <laughs> uh, best it, fighting it, game. It, it sums it up perfectly. It, best Cyberpunk fight, is a girthy game. Best fighting game. We all yep. said Mortal Kombat, except Nathan, who went with Grand Blue Fantasy versus. Lo and behold, Mortal Kombat went away with the. Oh, I took a shot. Sorry, I thought that might work. You got to take no. a shot on a few. I've got a couple of those in there. I'm kind of disappointed in. Uh, but we'll get there when we get there. Like, I'm not surprised Best Mortal role Kombat one, but it is what it is. Best role-playing game was a split vote, kind of, even though we're five people, so it can't split evenly. Alex and Nathan both said Persona 5 Royal. The other three of us, AJ, Cozy, and Mitch, said Final Fantasy VII Remake. And the Chocobos have it, fellas. Final Fantasy VII Remake took that award home. Boo. Woo. I it's wouldn't say that. It's, a, like it's a masterpiece. I'm I'm glad it won what it did. Are you going to yeah. talk about Mitch? No, I. So I've access to five through the PlayStation Plus collection, but I feel like I need to wait on a sale for Royal and pick that up. I tried to play P4G, and couldn't stick with it. It just didn't really? hook me. I I thought it would, because it's huh. anime meets Pokemon. But for whatever reason, the the it just didn't get its hooks in me. Weird. Very. Next is uh, best action adventure game. AJ, the only one of us to predict The Last of Us Part 2 would take this. The rest of us thought Ghost of Tsushima was getting this one, and we were all real wrong, except AJ, because The Last of Us Part 2 went home with this trophy. Yeah. Yeehaw. I'm kind of disappointed. <sighs> but, I mean, I, really I guess it's not I really thought Ghost surprising. was going to take this because The Last of Us was going to sweep literally everything else, which we will get to as we move further up this list. Okay, best action game. We all said Hades. The winner was, in fact, Hades. Surprising nobody. Innovation and accessibility. The award that was created for The Last of Us Part Two, which we all realized, so we all voted for it, and lo and behold, it went to The Last of Us Part Two. Say what? Yeah. These dun, next dun, few are dun. a bit... Uh, <laughs> this is like the gimme group. Best action, innovation, and accessibility, as well as best AR slash VR... Of course it went to Half-Life Alex. Of course we all said Half-Life Alex because of course Half-Life Alex had to take it. It's the only time we've ever talked about a Half-Life game or a VR game as being in a game of the year contender. So it had to be the one that took this. Mm-hmm. Now we get into some that were kind of all over the place. Uh, best community support. Nathan, you are kind of on the ball of everything involving Fall Guys. You said it was going to be Fall Guys. You're the only one who said Fall Guys and Fall Guys won. You know what? When we discussed this, um, we talked. I think there was confusion about what community support meant. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and it Nathan literally fell on what I thought it was going to be, which yep. was correct. You said that community support was about what community is like most active on the Twitters, on the social medias, like interacting with the community, interacting with the big streamers that are playing the game. In addition to also like making sure that the game is being updated and constantly providing players with all sorts of new experiences and content to enjoy. And in that regards, you were correct that it was Fall Guys. Mm-hmm. On to best mobile game. A bit of a mixed bag with Alex and Cozy going with Genshin Impact. The other three of us saying Among Us. And even though none of us like playing it on mobile, Among Us went away with this award. Yeah, this is one of those instances where, like, I think I didn't think that Among Us was going to win because I kind of perceived Among Us on mobile as one of those things where, like, kids really play it on mobile, but, like, the people that are voting on this award 
like don't necessarily think of Among Us as a mobile game, but I probably should have added another component to that equation, which is that at the end of the day, though, Genshin Impact is not as mainstream as Among Us, and Among Us is still going to persevere. I think the other thing to think about Genshin Impact versus Among Us is the majority of those who are voting on these awards would also look at Genshin Impact as a PC or console experience as opposed yeah. to a mobile experience. So they probably just looked at the quality of the game and the experience of that game regardless of the platform it was on. So I'm glad to see that Among Us is getting a little recognition in this award. Moving on to Best Indie, you'd think it would have been a, uh, a unanimous vote for Hades, but no, Nathan had to stick his foot out and say it was going to be Fall Guys because he's all aboard the Fall Guys Express. But unfortunately, this one fell a little short for Nathan because Hades did, in fact, take this one home. Fuck you, Hades. Yeah. It's not even that good. Hey, it is a really uh, good game. I need to get back. I, I say this I, about every I, game. I need to get back to it. I still haven't played it, but yeah, I'm. I, I it's definitely one of those that you still... I'm still listening to a bunch of podcasts. I'm still hearing about it where I'm not hearing anything about Fall Guys anymore. So for even me... Even though the, the season three came out just now. For me with Hades, this this one's a little weird because I've literally only played it on my honeymoon. So I played it like wow. when, yeah, like Car- we get back to the hotel, Carmen would like take a nap or whatever. And I would just, I'd boot this thing up and I'd play it. And I really, really, really need to play more of it, especially over the next couple of weeks as we start talking about our games of the year. And uh, I just, I just, I got to get back to it because it's so dang good. Super Giant, or no, Same of the Dead, yes. is it Super Giant? Super giant. Yeah, yeah, super giant. Good. I did have it right. They put out the they put out devs, a yeah. banger this year. I'm so glad I came to the Switch because I wasn't going to necessarily invest on the Epic Game Store. And just today they announced Cross Save. So if you really wanted it on the PlayStation, Nathan, you could buy it now, play it, and then get that save on the PlayStation for those sweet, sweet trophies. If when, and when it does come to that console. Well, if those trophies move over, um, Ubisoft has that issue um, with like your saves moving over with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. But any trophies or achievements you unlock don't unlock when you switch back to the other platforms. Please play Hades, Nathan. It's really, really it's good. It's not good. I, I own it. I have it on Epic. It's really, really good. I just Best ongoing it. game. <laughs> Best ongoing <laughs> game. Uh, Nathan said Fortnite. Myself and Cozy said Destiny 2. While as AJ and Alex both said No Man's Sky. And No Man's Sky did get the award for Best Ongoing Game. Look at that. Which is yeah. a great yeah. little comeback story for the studio. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Hopefully, Cyberpunk can eventually earn that title. Hope, hopefully. Hopefully, they I don't get know the how same... much of an ongoing... Like, best well, ongoing that, well, isn't best thing. redemption story. It's the best ongoing experience. Well, well here's the thing. On, so, in my interpretation of this, and it ended up being correct, um, ongoing specifically meant that like they... they the the improvement arc of it from what it was to what it is continuously outdoes itself in such a way that uh so substantially improves upon the previous iteration cyberpunk needs to have the same sort of redemption story in my opinion so when we get to this same episode next year after the 2021 Game Awards. This took who, No Man's Sky four years. When we get to the Game Awards 2021, is it Cyberpunk or is it is it Marvel's Avengers that sits here winning best ongoing game? Because if no you Man's put those Sky two again. up against me, I think it's going to be Avengers. What? It could be. 
Yeah. It could be, but... Mm. Yeah. I think what they put out in the Kate Bishop DLC was great. It's a good indicator of what's to come, and I feel like they're going to continue to support this game with content, with drops, with improvements. Whereas okay, I'm a little Anthem. worried that the majority of this next year is going to be spent just bug-fixing Cyberpunk and trying to launch the next-gen versions. We'll see. What I, I, will say, what I think it's I'm not saying that it will... I'm not saying that it will happen. I'm saying it it needs to happen because Cyberpunk and the actual devs, not necessarily the the higher ups, but the 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 people on the front lines of Cyberpunk deserve uh, deserve that for enduring all the crunch that they said they wouldn't have to. Agreed. This is a, a bit of a side tangent, but I just want to say I found the acceptance speeches at this year's Games Award to be very kind of charming and heartwarming. Obviously, from a production standpoint, you know, it was too bad that, you know, most of it had to take place from people's bedrooms and whatnot. But I, I just found it really heartwarming when someone would win an award and then you could hear their phone basically exploding with notifications in the background as they kind of got through their speech. I thought it was just one of those like, oh man, this is like a real like kind of human moment that we're witnessing right now as they receive their awards. Yep. Mm -hmm. I do agree with you wholeheartedly. I think we'll, we'll do a bit of a retrospective once we get through the rest of the awards, like just what were our favorite moments or, or key takeaways or announcements. Cause we didn't really talk too much about that, but uh, we're also running no, we're not running too long, but I think we can. We're in a good spot. A little shorter this week. Yeah. yeah. Um, games for impact. Most of us thought. Tell me why. AJ was the outlier saying Spirit Fair, and Tell Me Why took this home. Another one in the backlog that I do have to get to over this holiday. I've heard phenomenal. Or I've heard kind of mixed things about it, but I'm kind of glad that uh, it's getting the recognition it it has for the um, for the message that it puts out in terms of the the characters and the journey they go on. Mm-hmm. Cool. Best performance. <laughs> Cozy said, uh, uh, Naji Jeter as Miles Morales. I said, Ashley Johnson as Ellie. Nathan said, Logan Cunningham as Hades. And the only two of us to get it right. AJ and Alex both assumed correctly that Laura Bailey was going to take home the award for best performance for her portrayal of Abby in the last of us part two. I'm happy. People she won. hated People hated the character Abby uh, the first couple weeks of the game, but then all the discourse after the fact just ended up being, oh man, I wish I wish Abby would choke me out. Weird. Yeah. But I I <laughs> so when we when we talked about this before the awards, I wanted Laura Bailey to win. But this was one of the ones I assumed was going to go in a weird way because of the discourse around the game. And I was proven wrong. Thankfully, I was proven wrong uh, when I said Ashley Johnson was going to win. I, I, her performance was phenomenal. That's not to say anything of the performance, but I am very glad to see Laura Bailey take this one home. On to best audio design. We all said The Last of Us Part Two, uh, except Cozy, who said Half-Life Alex. And surprise, surprise, the game whose audio design focused incredibly upon the accessibility features in the game and the different aspects of that was the one that took it home. The Last of Us Part Two going home with a trophy for best audio design. I should have realized that like, if, if Half-Life Alex wasn't nominated for Game of the Year, it probably wasn't going to pick up many other victories in many other categories outside of like the, you know, best uh vr game category it totally understandable because we all know how much you love the half-life series alex to or cozy to 
be as hopeful as you were regarding the the title taking home some hardware um moving on to best score and music this one we were a little all over the place so aj and nathan both thought the last of us part two was going to take it alex said doom eternal and cozy and i both predicted correctly that the phenomenal score in final fantasy 7 remake was enough Hell to take yeah. home this award for square enix phenomenal yes yes phenomenal you haven't finished F-U-N. the game you need to finish this one nathan it's so dang good it's on my winter break list i'm so happy for you i'm off as of yeah. i think it's Al- my last day working so oh you're so Al- lucky alex was way off base um but i think nathan and i it, it could have been a toss-up between final I, fantasy I do agree and with last you. of us i do agree with you for sure uh, another one that take th- this is the first this is a first on this list none of us predicted this winner correctly so for best art direction aj and cozy both said final fantasy 7 remake alex said ori and the will of the wisps nathan and i both said hades but ghost of tsushima took this one home and i should have realized that ghost of tsushima was going to take this one home yeah looking mm. back at this one i'm like you know what this makes a lot of sense especially um the discourse i heard about ghost when it came out and everybody talked about it and how beautiful it was yeah this seems like a no-brainer yeah unfortunately after the fact we all realized it was a no-brainer and unfortunately when- i mean we all know that the experience that um sucker punch right yeah sucker that punch. sucker punch put together with ghost is a phenomenal game and a bit of a spoiler for the next three categories, but this is the only award that Ghost took home the entire night. Mm. Well, they uh, got the fan favorite award. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. they did get the player's point. voice award, which we did not mention. Yeah, I mean, it, to be fair, like, uh, when Horizon Zero Dawn came out, did it take home any awards at its game awards? No, because Zelda was there. Yeah, and I was yeah. going to say, yeah. like, <laughs> I just want to put, put in... No, Zelda was the year before, wasn't it? No, it was the same year no. as Horizon. They came out. Oh, I like thought, a I week thought or two Horizon was twenty eight. I no, thought Horizon, Horizon was came out like two Zelda weeks was... after. Zelda. No, two weeks before. It was two just weeks before. before right, then everybody got right, their right, switches. right. Yeah, yeah. The, okay, it existed. Yeah. Sorry. I just wanted to. I just wanted to bring up that example to illustrate how, like, the Ghost of Tsushima could have been condemned to a way worse fate. But as it stands, it managed to pick up two awards. They're maybe not the awards so we it, predicted, but hey. It did not win any awards at the 2017 Game Awards, but was nominated for Game of the Year, Best Game Direction, Best Narrative, Best Art Direction, and Best Performance for Ashley Birch. Hmm. It did win in other other award shows. It won a ton. It won a couple at the South by Southwest Gaming Awards with uh, Excellence in Visual Achievement, as well as Most Promising New IP. And it did uh, win. At the BAFTA Awards, it did win Best Original Property. So not too shabby for uh, for that little game that could from Gorilla. Back to these awards, though. And now we get to The Last of Us Part 2 part of the show, where it wins friggin' everything. Best Narrative, Best Game Direction, Game of the Year, all going to The Last of Us Part 2. We all agreed unanimously for Best Narrative. Best Game Direction, Cozy thought Final Fantasy VII would get it. Nathan thought Ghost of Tsushima. And on Game of the Year, Cozy and Nathan both thought Animal Crossing would get The Rest of Us, assumed The Last of Us Part Two, and were found correct. Yeah, so, we're the rebels. Yeah, There's, there's been some discourse uh, online with regards to 
uh, best game direction. Ooh, I'd like um, to talk about and that. In particular... Yeah, yeah, in particular, um, I, I believe there was an article over at Vice, or they t- I know they talked about it on uh, the Waypoint podcast and whatnot, but the there's been some scuttlebutt in that, you know, a, a game that had to suffer, that, that the developers had to suffer through a tremendous amount of crunch. Um, yeah, uh, Cozy, I think, yeah, you found a Kotaku article there. Um the it should not win best direction because it was poorly directed poorly managed technically if if there if there are extreme crunch conditions like what the last of us had to go through like what cyberpunk had to go through um direction has to mean more than specifically um you know what what the end result was it has to be more encompassing into what got it there see i i don't agree with this because um there's project managers and management that are separate from a direction point of view uh when you're looking at direction a lot of times you're looking at the actual direction of how the game is going and there's separate people handling project management and management i think like this shouldn't preclude somebody from winning best game direction but i think a positive move forward be would be having a best culture like yeah culture or best, best workplace best sustainable best workplace. practices something and like that. rewarding those workplaces like that are hitting those um milestones versus trying to condemn game direction because i think they are separate things and i think there's some confusion in this article about what a director does for a game agreed mm-hmm. Let, let's get into a bit more of that discourse than discussion on the awards what we thought and any of any highlights after we go through the scores. So Nathan and Cozy, both tied for fourth, getting Winner. 50% of the yeah. categories correct. Rebel yeah. Squad. Score of 12. Tied. Winning. Alex Ballant got 62.5 of his predictions correct with a score of 15. I got roughly 71% of them right with a score of 17. And our winner getting 19 out of 24 categories correct, Mr. Jordy LaForge, a.k.a. A.J. Fraser. Yeah, buddy. Never doubt me. Good job, Alex. That is two games in a row that you have won on this show, sir. How do you feel? Yeah, I feel pretty good. Um, Yeah, Uh, it's pretty exciting to be up here. Um, I see you corrected my math with regards to the the percent there. Um, Yeah, there were only 24 categories. I, I I counted I counted the uh, surprise announcement and whatnot. I, uh, I figured as, as much. Yeah, but you know it it worked Those out a were lot the better shot for me. Dark. Yeah, yeah, they were shots shots in the dark there, but yeah, um, basically eighty percent of my predictions were correct here. So. I'm pretty excited about it. All right, let's let's quickly go around the table, talk about our favorite announcement from the show quickly, and then I think we can wrap this one up. Sweet. So, uh, Cozy, what was the what was your favorite thing you saw from the show? Uh, I'm probably going to upset some people, but I got real, real happy when they played that Mass Effect trailer. There are so many questions abounding right now about the future of BioWare as a studio. So many questions about how soon this game is going to be coming out. But when I saw what appears to be Liara wipe the snow off of that n7 piece of armor i was just 
Yeah, I got real, 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 real happy. I didn't think that we would ever return to the characters or some of the characters of the original Mass Effect trilogy. And if that is going to be the direction with this game or this series of games, uh, you know, who knows exactly what direction it's going to go into. Like, I am all there for it. Nathan, what was the thing you saw from the awards that you were uh, that was the, mo- the the highlight for you that you took away from it? Um, often, well, so there wasn't a lot that blew my skirt up this uh, game awards in terms of trailers. Um, but the thing that uh, I was like smaller indie games and this game called Season looks really really cool. Um, yeah, I, that did look dope. I don't know much about it, um, but just from the trailer, it takes two. I thought looked really cool done by what's his name um um fuck the oscars yeah fuck the oscars yeah fuck the oscars that's his name uh yeah he'll be forever known as fuck the oscars but Uh, those are coming from haze light studios i don't remember the name of the individual but he's the director over at haze light studios yosef yosef farron yeah something yeah yep that's it that's the one so um Yeah. yeah no so both of those look great um there wasn't like huge blockbuster announcements. I'm actually, I know Cozy's excited about them announcing uh, Mass Effect. Uh, I, they shouldn't have talked about Mass Effect at all. I'm, I'm excited about the possibility that that announcement represents. Let me okay. let it me phrase it that all, way. All the all that Bioware is going to be asked about for the next seven years before that game comes out is where's Mass Effect. Yeah. AJ, what was the thing that stood out most to you from the show? What was your favorite thing that you saw? Um, well, yeah, I mean, like Cozy, like what the, the Mass Effect trailer represents in terms of where a, a new Mass Effect could go um, and what it, what it means um, is incredibly exciting. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I think they need to finish one project at a time. And uh, that means dropping Anthem and finishing Dragon Age that they're already working on. Which we also uh, bef- saw at the show. Before announcing uh, that they're also working on Mass Effect uh, and putting together a trailer. Uh, don't do that, please. Um, Perfect Dark. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with it. Because um, Perfect Dark is... It, it's really it's a spiritual successor to GoldenEye 64, mm-hmm. the original Perfect Dark, right? And they tried to kind of replicate that with Perfect Dark Zero on uh, the 360 when that launched um, and didn't uh, exactly blow anybody's skirt up. But um, what does Perfect Dark look like in 2020? I hope they're not just trying to do the same thing because Microsoft, it's it's by Rare, no, it's not. Which is owned by, well, it's this owned by Microsoft. This is coming to us from the initiative. Is it the Microsoft owns the IP? Microsoft owns the IP through the acquisition of Rare, but is the initiative working on this reboot of Perfect Dark? So okay. Rare's not touching. So re- Rare's this is Rare's, the first. This, is, this is Microsoft's quadruple A studio, which okay. I think is so. Dumb. Yeah, that's such, regardless. That's such bad expectations. Regardless, um, Microsoft already has. Halo, they have Gears, both of them are kind of shooters. This, I think, has to do something different. Um, it's a spy It's it's a spy game, really, with some alien 
sci-fi stuff Maybe which something is really more cool ak- more akin to like a horizon or a hitman in terms of gameplay or a lara croft tomb raider yeah an, a more of an immersive sim than a shooter it yeah. needs to be in my opinion and then of course there's the sephiroth uh announcement which as somebody who didn't play final fantasy 7 um and just kind of knows final fantasy 7 through osmosis the sephiroth saying like his his entrance into smash looked really cool yeah can so. i say something real quick go for it cozy you'll do it anyway. cozy cozy i like cozy because when i started this what? i said what was your favorite thing you saw and cozy gave me one thing nathan i didn't give me it. like three things I said aj two. gave me f- i mean it the announcement of the show one, could be perfect two, dark three. or it could be sephiroth or it could be that new weird kind of pseudo well it's definitely not going to be flight simulator or arc 2 starring vin diesel but i think the biggest thing that we got the night of december 10th 2020 was all those damn announcements from the disney investors day conference and if you want i've got 52 announcements here that we got from that that i could run you guys through really quick if you're just for the record we can't really play any trailers anymore on this show because we discovered that those tend to trigger a lot of copyright flags when we upload them to youtube so you can go through those names but i don't think i'm going to play the loki trailer Uh, i i'm not going to go through all of that that was more of me trying to make a bit okay and then talking about the idea of copyright strikes against the episode kind of took the wind out of my sails so i think we're just gonna wrap it up right there i didn't mean to do that what about you it's okay cozy well, from the Game Awards, just from the Game Awards, what announcement got you most hyped, Mitch? Swedish Chef and Overcooked. I didn't see that part of the uh, live stream. I love me some Muppets. I love me some Disney. We have I didn't, established I didn't watch this. The, I didn't watch the show at all because I was playing Cyberpunk. I didn't watch the show at all because I was watching the Disney Investor Day conference. Are we excited about dinosaurs coming to Disney Plus? I'm going to watch it. That's a birthday gift. It comes to Disney Plus the yeah. day before my birthday. That, that's it's a there's a something like I don't recall and much about the dinosaurs uh, as, as, apart from uh, not the mama, not the mama. That sort of sound in my head, but you know, I'm excited. We're not going to get into the Disney stuff here. Maybe we'll do a spinoff podcast where we talk about that or give me a bonus episode where I just talk about Disney stuff for the uh, You can do a bonus hours. episode like, whenever you want. The Dinosaur Yay. podcast. He made himself his own award. In the meantime, I think we can wrap up this week's episode of the show. So thank you for tuning into this episode of Press YYZ. If you enjoyed what you just heard, be sure to check us out on Twitch. Rate us wherever you can, especially on Apple Podcasts. Click subscribe on YouTube. Just go to YouTube. Look up Press YYZ. We should be there. Hit the bells everywhere so you know when we go live or post new content. Follow us on Twitter where we'll send out when those things are going up. And, of course, you can follow the rest of the gentlemen here. AJ, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me all over the internet at Times Hero, capital T, capital H. Nathan, where are you? Uh, Follow me at the underscore NMAC on Twitter. Uh, I'm trying to tweet more and be more active socially. I'm trying. So Cozy? You can find me on Twitter at Alex Kazina. You can also find my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash live. No more streams there for the rest of the year, but I'll have some pretty cool announcements regarding that channel come 2021. You can find me all over the internet, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch at Mr. Mitch George. 
Um, hey, I'm um, probably gonna be streaming more over the holidays, so we'll uh, we'll all hang out there. Uh, we should uh, mention um, Alex released a trailer for oh, yes. Access Granted. That's on a good his point. Twitter. Very That's true, very and good. it it looks really good. Uh, blatantly underscore Alex uh, for that. It 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 looks like it's coming together really really well. So uh, the other thing to say is our next few weeks of shows will be pre-recorded and will be our game of the year content so don't expect the usual rigmarole of the news and what we've been up to it's going to focus strictly on game awards our game of the year awards specifically um and until next time thanks for playing